BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and sort of international podcast of LRM Online. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and on this week's podcast, we've got Joseph Jammer Medina and myself holding hey, down. What, what was that? Hey, yo. All right, over there. Are you drowning? Saying, yo. This is going to be a solo podcast. What's happening? All right. I was going to call this the Broken Geek Radio podcast because Jammer's apparently having a seizure over there, and uh, we're missing... Danny and Jammer, or I'm sorry, Danny and uh, Nick today. So, but we got answer it. We got this, right? I answered me this question. What's up? How does one have a dentist come up? Because we have one very careful Nicholas Dalius who was supposed to show up, told us, what time is it? Told us less than an hour beforehand, after we had already thrown in and said, these are our numbers for the podcast. This is who's going to show up. And he says, dentist came up. You can't call somebody out when they can't defend themselves. <laughs> I, de- like, I absolutely can. Okay, guess what? I just did. <laughs> I just did. So to answer your question, how does a dentist just come up? I'm going to imagine some sort of hot Cosby thing. Um, that's the only thing I can envision, right? It involves some quaaludes. And then a dentist comes up and you know, your mouth is wide open. And I just I imagine after that. He, he accidentally broke off his cyanide capsule and he's like oh fuck not yet not yet i'm not ready you can't steal my jokes i totally can't because you know, actually i was also going to bring up hail hydra moment which i, I love from uh, captain america okay um on this week's show we're going to be finding out whether or not the beasts are fantastic are they jammer by show of just facial expression huh interesting Shocked and surprised for those of you who that are wasn't shock and surprise. No, no, my, I'm shocked and surprised oh. at your reaction, okay. and I'll tell my, you why my, when we get to the review. My reaction was not shock and surprise. Just throw that out there, and for those of you who are just listening and not watching our video, which you could check out, check out our Genreverse YouTube channel, 
and you definitely should. Uh, you get to see our glorious, beautiful facial features, Visages. our 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 visual jokes, our visual comedy, our all around uh, Charlie Chaplin like demeanor. It's just it's fantastic. You didn't rehearse that at all, did you? You just kind of. Of course, I didn't there. rehearse that at all. Did, mm. did you hear how much I stumbled over my words there? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I? Let's get to that? uh, let's get to the news. We've got a couple of trailers we're going to talk about, as well as uh, some DC and Marvel and Star Wars news, as it typically goes on this show. So let's jump into it, Jammer. You ready? You ready to get it started? Do this. All jump right. in head first. So I'm kind of disappointed that Nick isn't here because he, I think of all four of us, he is the biggest Stranger Things fan he's the one that's the most into this but we did get a full-length stranger things season four trailer i think the thing that surprised me the most about this trailer wasn't necessarily that uh wasn't anything that we saw but it was i didn't know that the fourth season was going to be split up into two parts did you know that i did yeah we we learned that i think a couple months ago or a few weeks back uh that was that was interesting and it's funny because i watched the trailer not too long ago and as i watched it i was like that's a weird tagline it was every ending has a beginning and what the fuck does that mean every ending has a beginning what is that and then i was like oh yeah wait they split up the seasons so this is this is the season this is like the first half they breaking bad at it i guess yeah also that's probably that might be a reference to a couple of things it looks like we're going to get some flashbacks uh this season and this is also the penultimate season, right? So even though it's split up into two parts, I think five is going to be the last season. So we're getting this fourth season split up into two parts. The first one's dropping 27 May, and then the second part is dropping 1 July. So maybe that's what it is. So it could be one of those, any of those things. It's all fair game. Oh, so um, this isn't the last season. I thought they were pulling a Breaking Bad where it's like, it's counted as, it's like four and five, but it's basically like two half seasons. No. Now, as far as I can tell, this fourth season is split up into two parts, and then there is another season coming. Wow. All yeah. right. Well, you know, I guess in Duffers we trust, question mark. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> it does seem like, I feel like I'm ready for it to end, honestly, but not that it's been bad. It's been fine. Like, I, I enjoyed seasons two and three well enough. They were fun to watch, but <clears throat> I think I've just had my fill of this. And I'm ready to move. I'm ready for them to move on to something else as creatives because they have a lot of talent. Oh, no, I thought it was me. I was about to say, oh, Jesus, God, not again. Yeah, so, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening again. It's happening again. So we've just lost Jammer. Looks like I'm here. Gonna... Oh, there you go. Anyways, I want to see their talent utilized on another project. That's what I saw it is. I'll let you go. I... I agree. Um, I There were some things, I, I don't know if we, I don't recall. There are things that I, I feel like time is moving in such a weird way that I keep forgetting things. So I'm sure that we knew that Hopper was already coming back. I didn't even think at the end of the third season that he was dead. Um, and so it's like showing, it's like showing uh, Colin, Colin Firth in the trailer for Kingsman 2. Spoiler. Spoiler for, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, there are some interesting things we got out of this trailer. It looks like there is a Demogorgon gladiatorial scene. Um, that looks pretty cool. I like that the, uh, the big bad that we're getting is at least humanoid this time. So there can be some sort of 
uh, emotional connection, reaction, something that they're going to uh, be dealing with. So the Duffer brothers have revealed that uh, Vecna is the the big bad that we have seen in this trailer. We got a couple of shots of, of him um, throughout the again? course of this. Vecna is the humanoid um, in the upside down that we saw. I so didn't know the, name. I don't remember them naming it. Yeah. So they, long. I literally, I actually, I've watched season two, two or three times. I've watched season two and three one time each. So, I mean, nothing against the show. I usually don't watch things more than once, but like, so I don't remember those specific details. Well, that's not from anything. So this is a new oh. character. This is something that they have said outside of, uh, from an article I read. Um, oh, okay. It was an interview with the Duffer brothers and they were talking about, um, this this character um we've also we also got to see uh freddy krueger himself uh which is very interesting because the upside down has been very reminiscent of kind of that duality of the dream world versus reality so it's nice that we're getting to see um freddy krueger basically come into the world of uh stranger things so we'll see we'll see what happens i mean i will say this it looked expensive. Like this, this looked like an expensive show. And a lot of people were like, oh, shows are feature. And I'm like, for feature in terms of budget. And I'm like, nah, not really. Like they really aren't. Like you could see the cracks in WandaVision and Falcon the Winter Soldier, like all those high profile shows. To me, they still look like high-end TV shows or maybe like lower end big budget movies. But like this one, I'm like, it looked pretty good. Like lots of expensive CG shots, lots of big ambitious things going on. Like, I think it was, I was impressed. Okay. I agree. Uh, I think that the upside down looks super fun. Um, and I'm really curious what we're going to see with, uh, I've enjoyed Eleven's journey. And so watching her go from being all powerful now to being basically human and seeing what she does with that and seeing how her journey is going to end. I've enjoyed that. I've even, I even enjoyed the episode. I think that everybody hated. So I we'll did see. too. Can we talk about that? I hated no. that people hated it. And so he, so he's talking about that one where she goes <laughs> to Chicago in season two and everyone's like, Oh, they're clearly, they're like a spinoff. Oh, I'm jaded. And I like hate things. So fuck these guys because they're trying to expand their property. Like those people. <laughs> They're like, oh, clearly it's meant to be a spinoff. It's like, no, it was actually meant to give agency to Eleven, who had been tossed around that entire season. And it finally gave it a moment to where it's like she decided to come back. So that's why that was there. And I think ultimately it worked on that front, even if you didn't like the episode. So all you people, you feel like, oh, I'm all I'm, I'm on to Hollywood and your your tricks. No, you're not. S- sit down. Also, I love you. Okay. Um, I get what you're saying. I hear it. I just, I think that the show is, it, it, there are enough episodes where everyone doesn't have to like the same thing. And so generally that was a decent season and I, I just could really care less. Um, I am curious whether or not the reaction to that episode had any impact on them creatively, what we got or didn't get based on the, the fan reaction to that. That's the thing yeah. that always interests me about that. I hope not, but you never know. We'll never know. I guess we could ask them. Oh, we'll know. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone will ask. But I mean, it's been years since then. So like, it's not like they, there hasn't been opportunities to ask. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen someday. 
It'll happen one day. Maybe in 10 um, years, maybe when they're working on their their first big feature, we can bring them, hey, let's talk about Stranger Things for a second. They'll be like, okay, cool. Let's talk about Stranger Things. And, can- and uh, Kyle dropped some good information. We were just talking about the budget for this show. So six to eight million per episode of Stranger Things, which just for it context, is- last week we were talking about Halo. That's $10 million an episode. So, I, you know, six to eight is not anything to sneeze at. That's still on the higher end. I mean, they made Pulp Fiction for $5 million back in the 90s. I don't know what that means. Counting for inflation. That means nothing. I mean, they made Desperado for $7 million (laughs) back in the 90s. (laughs) They made Ant-Man for, I don't know how much they made Ant-Man for. I think it was like a hundred. I love that you went straight to Desperado, not El Mariachi, which probably was made for like $10,000 or less. No, it was made for $7,000. No, it's, yes. so why would I go to El Mariachi that has like no bearings on this at all? Not even close. You said Desperado. El Mariachi has is if it why would I compare seven thousand dollars to six to eight million dollars, Jonesy? Because Desperado is the uh, those first successors. El Mariachi is Desperado. Okay. Fine. Let's move on. Let's move on. You ready? You ready to move on before we go into the upside down? I am ready. I'm actually a little concerned that you froze, though, because you're frozen on my end. I don't know if you're frozen on Kyle's end. I don't know what's going on. I, I think I'm just, I'm glitching. It's a glitch in the matrix. We'll push on. Uh, your audio is coming through fine, Jonesy, but your your image is choppy, but just uh, keep rolling with it. All right. We'll keep going. We got another trailer this week uh, for a show that dropped actually today, uh, the day of recording, uh, Friday, April 15th. So Outer Range, which stars Josh Brolin, is kind of like a Western style Outer Limits. The trailer, which Jammer, you just watched it. It is weird, right? It's weird on the level of like a Jordan Peele type. What the fuck is going on? Uh, Uh, I was like Jordan Peele, that nice Shyamalan thing. Yeah. Uh, see, I can't, I can't say M. Night Shyamalan anymore without being like, Ugh, I guess. Um, but I, there's just like some random black hole in the middle of the prairie. And these cowboys have to figure out what's what. And Josh Brolin goes from like saying the Lord's prayer to like, you know, Lord, just, just tell us what's going on to like, what the fuck is going on, God? And I, I just love that escalation um, as, you know, we're bombarded with images of weird things happening. I'm I'm here for it. I think that Josh Brolin generally does a good job picking projects. And so I'm really excited to see this, which is dropping on uh, Amazon Prime today. Jammer, what do you think of the trailer? It's more fresh in your mind than mine. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't know what to expect. And funny, I think I think this is one of those things where I feel like I knew about this show. Is it a show or a movie? It's a show, right? Show, yes. I knew about this show. And then forgot and like was excited about it, forgot about it, rediscovered it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. But wait, did I know about this already? And I didn't quite remember. I was like, because it seemed like, oh, it was a Western, but then it's not. You know, it's it's like a supernatural sci-fi type show in the vein of, like you said, M. Night Shyamalan slash uh, Jordan Peele. You, you said M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, Jordan Peele slash M. Night Shyamalan. What, you know, I'm going to say you say a lot of things. You can just deal with it. Um. Anyways, it seems very interesting. I am intrigued. I it's one of those things where I I really want to watch it, but I'm also worried it's going to be slow and boring. 
because it looks like it has the potential for that. So I'm actually going to wait for you to watch at least the first episode and then decide if it's something I want to hop into because the world is too, uh, it's too busy to waste time on boring shows. So I'm going to let lots of content. What? There's lots of content. We're content heavy right now. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Like I just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, especially when you just try to devote time to reading and then people judge you. It's like, oh, you haven't watched the show yet. It's like, no, I read a book the other day or I tried to read a book the other day. And no one values that. Don't, don't act. Nobody cares. Yes. Stop humble bragging about reading books. I like anyway. Bragging about reading books. I brag yeah. about reading books uh, less than Nick Dahl brags about not reading books. That's true. <laughs> no, it's true. It's funny because actually we were in a group chat with some other people and I was like, hey, I'm getting rid of my old Kindle. Does anybody want one? And then I'm thinking like, okay, he's just in the chat. I know he doesn't want it, but it's for everybody else. And then he went off and was like, oh no, I don't read books anymore. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, I know, Nick, you don't read books. That's fine. That's fine. Don't need to respond. I'm done. You're done. You're done hating on Nick Dahl for this. Oh, that never. This five minutes. I'm never done <laughs> attacking Nick Dahl when he can't defend himself. Okay. Um, one of the interesting things that came up during the course of promoting this show, Josh Brolin revealed that he was up for the running of Batman in Zack Snyder's universe. And he was reflecting on that when he was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. And the quote that he used in talking about it was, yeah, that was interesting for me. That was his decision, his being Zack Snyder's. Uh, that wasn't my decision. That was his decision. He repeated again. Uh, again, because like something that was set up and not work at all or work flyingly. I like those odds. I like playing with those odds. I like am the guy who's going to make it fail. And what I find kind of interesting about this quote, um, he goes on to talk about George Clooney and said that, you know, it wasn't really George Clooney's fault that that movie failed. There was nothing wrong with his performance, which I find funny because I, I agree in the sense that one, I agree with that. And two, it's very reminiscent of what happened with Ben Affleck. Like his performance wasn't the thing that I think let down Batman v Superman. Um, and just to be clear on the timeline on this, this was before Deadpool two. Uh, so we would have had a grizzled, but not as old James Brolin. Um, I bring that up just to segue between uh, the outer range and this discussion that is apparently happening over at DC Entertainment. There's supposedly an overhaul that's going to be happening. Whoa, whoa, and... whoa! Can I comment on this other story first? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going to let you. I'm, I'm going to set it all up for you. I'm so you can knock it out of the park. Um, so we've got this deal that just went down between Warner Media and Discovery, and it is natural that in the wake of these um, mergers that there's going to be new decisions about leadership. And then those, that leadership is going to have, you know, ideas about what they want to see going forward. So my question for you, Jammer is um, do you think that it's necessary for them to overhaul DC entertainment? And would you have wanted to see James Brolin in the role? Okay. So let's start with your Josh. first question. I'm sorry, Desi James. I'm sorry, Josh. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Damn Jays. Damn Jays. Um, okay. 
So the first question is, do I think it's necessary for DC to overhaul? No, obviously not. There have been successes. There have been misses. There have been successes. It just depends on what we want to get out of our universe, what they want to get out of the universe. Do they want to go this route of being more director focused, being more creatively free than maybe your standard Marvel movie? If that's something they want, I think do more of what they've been doing. Because for the most part in the recent years, it's been it's been relatively solid. I don't think there's been too many duds, maybe one or two here. But overall, I think it's I like seeing a more director-centric approach. And it's one of the things I liked about Warner Brothers for a while to begin with was just they were very director-focused. It wasn't producer-focused. It wasn't a huge thing. Granted, the downside is the, the, the DC extended universe and how it all ties together. It's pretty loosey-goosey and just like, oh, whatever. But at the end of the day, I'd rather be having, you know, really good one-off movies on a consistent basis that are really showcase the talents of the directors and the voices of them than another MCU knockoff, which it sounds like they kind of want to head towards as something that's more cohesive and more producer driven. That being said, if that did happen, like, hey, as long as you go and commit to a direction, I guess I'm okay with it. I just hope we get good products out of it. I don't think I have a particular preference one way or another about what we actually um, need to do. It's like... It's like how when people go like, oh, this is actually a frustrating thing for me to hear constantly when people are like, oh, yeah, well, we needed to have, you know, before Justice League, we should have had an Aquaman movie. We should have had a, this movie. We should have had this movie. It's like we don't need an introductory movie for every fucking character in a movie before we see them in a movie. Like that's that's a fallacy just because Marvel did it and it worked really well and they're very successful and it's a way to do it doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. Sure. So. It's, it's not the only way to do it, to have a Kevin Feige. I could see the benefits, especially from the studio, especially when they, they, they hit, they, they whiff hard or they hit hard. You know, you can have a Joker or you can have a Justice League, you know? So it's, it's, it's you're kind of caught between the two worlds. I just hope they commit to one way or the other. Just lean into it and make good movies. Just do your best to make good movies. That's all I could say. Regarding Josh Brolin, I will say there is a big difference in terms of what he said regarding Clooney and, and Affleck because Affleck, I feel like people look at it and go like, oh, I like Ben Affleck's Batman. I don't hear anybody being like, oh, Clooney, that's my Batman. So I think there's a little bit of difference there. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I still think, for, at least for me, that is an issue with the overall quality of the movie. I liked what George Clooney brought to the role. Like, I didn't think that it was like a, a knockout performance but i also didn't think sure yeah you mean a rich older guy like yeah sure that sounds like batman to me i mean it was like you said it was like i don't see him being like you look at ben affleck's batman there are plenty of people who are like oh ben affleck he's got the physique he's got he's got the look he's got the bruce wayne he's my he's my favorite batman i never heard anyone say that about george clooney again not his fault but I'm just saying, like, I think there's a bit of a difference there in terms of, like, it's not like people were saying, oh, he was so good. It sucks that the movie just wasn't that great. You know, I don't think I've heard that comment, that he wasn't given the chance to prove what he could do in a Batman role. I actually do feel that way. You do feel that way. Interesting. That okay. Way. Like, not like he's my Batman, but I do think that with a better movie, a stronger script, he could have been better. Okay. As Batman, so... But regarding your question, 
could Josh Brolin be a good Batman? Yeah, absolutely. He could be a good Batman. It would have been a very different Batman. It would have been a more grizzled Batman. Um, but I'm happy with Affleck. I think I'm, I'm happier with Affleck than I would have been with Josh Brolin. Um, I think... Uh, sorry. I think he... he he has more of that Bruce Wayne look to him when I see mm-hmm. him. Um, and maybe just, and maybe that could be fixed. I think Josh Brolin is just so, his face is just so grizzled. Whereas it's hard for me to imagine him as sort of like that playboy millionaire type person, you know, sure. that persona that, that Batman has, at least at most iterations of Batman have, I think Ben Affleck could play that. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I'm just saying, like, on the surface level, based on what I've seen, I imagine Ben Affleck as a better part of that. I imagine him more with those, like, you know, $5,000 suits and, you know, pulling it off and, and going to, like, balls and all of that. I imagine him doing that over a Josh Brolin. And yeah. also, Josh Brolin is relatively short compared to Ben Affleck. And not that you have to be huge. Obviously, Robert Pattinson proved he didn't have to be a huge guy in order to play Batman. But Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. How tall is he? Like five ten. Five ten. Okay. But um, you know, it's just it's just an extra thing that's an edge for me. Okay. Granted, I'd be happy to prove be proven wrong. Like if they were if you were to be cast tomorrow, I would just be like, all right, let's see where this goes. Like it can work. <laughs> an, an iteration of Batman. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just contradict myself because thinking about it, he does fall into more of Classic the Frank Miller feel. The more Frank Miller feel of Batman than Ben Affleck. Yeah, isn't that where this version kind of draws yeah, inspiration from. Which is why I'm contradicting myself. Oh, okay. Which is why I'm contradicting myself, where I'm just saying, like, the, his Batman, I think, could have been better, but his Bruce Wayne not as strong. Okay. There you go. I finally I finally wrapped it up into a semi-cohesive conclusion. Okay. Um, what about you? What did you? Would you have liked to see him as Batman? And what are your thoughts in terms of DC uh, finding a Kevin Feige. Is it a good idea? Should they do that? And do you want to see that? I think that um, the last thing you said is correct uh, because he seems very much in the mold of the Dark Knight uh, Batman more so than Ben Affleck. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dark Knight Returns. Um, I think that Warner Brothers suffers from schizophrenia when it comes to this stuff. And they, they look at successes and they're like, yeah, we want more of that, but there isn't much analysis as to why. Um, And the thing that kind of sucks is they look at things like Joker as a quote in the variety article, a shining example of how second bill characters should be used. I did not care for Joker. Um, So I contributed to that, you know, billion dollar plus cum that they made, but it wasn't a movie that I enjoyed, nor is it something that I would look to for me as an example of more of what I wanted to see. Um, they also talked about Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn as a second build character that, um, that they should utilize more. No, 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 that they said that that, that should be exploited. And which is funny because while I don't, I find that the live action version, like her solo movie, I hold in lesser esteem. Um, the animated Harley Quinn is fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I love that cartoon. And so I kind of see 
what they mean by secondary characters being exploited, but they're specifically referring to Margot Robbie's version, which is not the version that I really like. It 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 is a very classic example of executives seeing the wrong thing and trying to extol that and pick that stuff out. And so you're right in terms of uh, the Kevin Feige stuff, like that's one of the things that they want out of this. Uh, I don't know how deep into the variety article you got, but um, specifically some of the things they wanted to do was um, they want a Kevin Feige. They feel like they lack a coherent and creative brand strategy and they want to revitalize Superman and they want more stuff like the Joker and uh, Harley Quinn. So I'm really curious about the Superman part of it. Um, because I'm one of those people that thought that Henry Cavill's casting was perfect. Um, yeah, there were issues with 2013 Superman, but I also think that if you look at what Zack Snyder did with him in the Snyder cut, um, I think he's fantastic in the role. And so it'll be frustrating to me if they just kind of shove him off to the side because it wasn't commercially successful. I think I want to address one thing you said. Sure. Um, that was in the article. The idea that they wanted a Kevin Feige or that they they don't they lack a cohesive brand strategy. And I also I want to leave up the option for an alternative to what I said, like either a Kevin Feige or business as usual. They don't necessarily need to be one or the other. It could be in between where you have a quote unquote Kevin Feige who allows filmmakers to do their own thing, but it's all done with a specific strategy in mind. So like hey, let's have another movie that exploits a specific dark aspect of Gotham. Let's do another that exploits a brighter aspect of, you know, the world and all that. Like, there could still be a strategy while allowing creative voices to flourish more. So that is also an option. Like, they don't, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be one shared universe with a cohesive feel to it and all that. That's, it's not quite, that doesn't have to be that. So I guess yeah. I just want to just throw that open as, as another option alternative to what I had said earlier. And I and, think I'd be open for that. Uh, but here's what here's the problem with that. Okay. They've had this, right? Walter Hamada years ago was supposed to be quote unquote that guy. He hmm. was the one that was going to lead the revitalization of all of this stuff. And it kind of failed. Um, it was also going to be um how much uh, of that had to do with his own uh private issues? I don't know. Yeah, but because I know he was he was accused of some pretty horrible things, if I recall. I don't know if that's so between that Jeff Johns, so Jeff Johns, Walter yeah. Hamada, they've had people in this space that were supposed to lead their creative branding in the movies that they did and things of that nature. We've had reasons and rationale why things didn't work out, like either there was misconduct that supposedly occurred or um that what was the I forgot what the specific Jeff Johns. Oh that he and Zack Snyder didn't get along. That was another thing that supposedly happened. And so I hear what they're saying, but they've already tried this in different ways. And so maybe it's it's not just that we need a Kevin Feige um, in terms of what that means. I hate when people say that phrase now, right? It's almost like we're at the point where um, we're in the dark, dark night space. Yes, we're in the dark night space of what people want. You need people who make good movies, like flat out. Um, you need people who care about the property. And James Gunn is a huge, you know, example of that for sure. Yeah, I He's agree. With Maker and uh, Suicide Squad. 
I just find it to be very fascinating that we're back in a space where they're saying like, this is the thing that we need. And it's like, well, you, you kind of already try this. And so did you just fuck up picking the correct person or, yes. or what? And yes. so, yes, it's not that it. you need, it's not that you need a quote unquote, Kevin Feige. It's like, you need to think deeper about who this person is and what they do and what they bring. If that's the route that you're going to go. The problem, you nailed it. The problem isn't that you're like a Kevin Feige. The problem is that the Kevin Feige's you tried to hire weren't good enough. They didn't do a good enough job. Maybe they are good enough and the circumstances didn't allow, but they just didn't do an effective job. So you need to find someone else who could do a more effective job. Like Amy Pascal. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to trigger Kyle. And me. She's, te- she's terrible. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm triggered. I, oh God. I feel so bad executive. I'm actually not an Amy Pascal hater. Like I know there's a lot of haters for her overall, but like I after I'm one of them, I, I think I'm, I think I'm turning. I, cause I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I, I'm at, I've been at the point for a couple of years where I'm just like, okay, like I just, you just, the movie, you don't make good movies. So it's, for me, it's not about the movies. Right. And so that's the thing I could, tolerate her as a person but like when he was one of the things she asked somebody was like hey did you show obama 12 years a slave <laughs> you're a prick so i think it for me it has less to do with the shitty movies that she makes than the shitty person that she is so can you explain that again because you cut out for the sure so she during the north korean hack where Sonya released, Sonya, I'm sorry, when North Korea released Sony's emails, her emails got blasted across the internet. And she was talking about Angelina Jolie and talking about what an asshole she was. One of the other emails that came out was she was saying that, hey, she was talking to another executive or somebody that had met President, then President Obama and was like, hey, did you show him 12 years of slave? He, he, he. And thought it was funny. It's like, I, I don't care about the movies that you make. You're just a prick. Okay, that's fair. That actually makes me feel less bad about it. <laughs> I, I usually don't look as to whether or not producers are prick because I assume they kind of all are. But that's like, yeah, all right, fuck it. Yeah, that it, it's just more fuel for yeah. more fuel for my my fire. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the fuel. Yeah. Thanks for the you know the the extra bit of, of gasoline just poured onto his pyre. It's like that's what I'm here added for, to baby. The anti Sony train. That's what I'm here for. I so it's funny. I. It is interesting to see the movies that they've come out with. Like it, I get that Venom is making money. Um, Morbius didn't do particularly well. It is fascinating going back in time and looking at the idea that at, there was a period of time where Sony was going to pick up their ball and go home. Could you imagine the fucking creative train wreck they would have had with Spider-Man had they actually done that, given what they've put out since then? Like, it's just... And I know I'm talking, preaching to the choir, right? Because I'm fairly certain, Kyle, I don't think you like Venom, right? No, Kyle no. hates anything. Trash. That put out yeah. So it's none of us crazy. like anything that Sony has put out since that whole debacle. And it's just amazing to me that someone fixed their fucking mouth to say like, yeah, we can, we can fucking, we can do this. We can marvel this. Like, no, you can't. You fucking suck. So anyway. That's I always remember Rothman and Vince Cara, those, those two. Those were the ones. I remember the, uh, the interview with Ernie Pascal. I think uh, 
Kevin Feige was next to her. I think it was when Homecoming came out. And they're like, is there a chance that Venom could cross paths with, you know, Spider-Man? And she's like, there's a chance. And I always, it always bothered me the way she said that. And I'm like, mm, you know, they really ended up being just as bad. You know, I'm going to give a little bit of credit here to Kyle. They, they ended up being just as bad as Kyle feared in terms of the way they're trying to do things. We see like them trying to bend over backwards to incorporate things into their own universe. And it's just exhausting. Like pulling Michael Keaton out of the MCU into the Morbius CU is just frustrating. Isn't it the Venom CU? It's that's the Venomverse. Is it? I mean, sure, yeah. whatever. But I, I just said that because he appeared in Morbius and I wanted to, you know. Okay. Remember? Yeah. I recall at the beginning of, not the beginning, during the barge scene, uh, the agents were talking to each other and they said, oh, this is just as bad as that thing in San Francisco. This is worse. In a reference to um, Venom. Yeah. But I mean, those things, they, I, they don't know how to co- connect things together effectively no they just say like does it make sense that he says i'm venom it's like no it doesn't because as far as we know venom wasn't huge wasn't a huge publicized thing well actually i only watched the first venom so maybe i'm wrong maybe in venom 2 he's all over the place and plastering himself all over the news like for all i know but from what i saw that wasn't it just made no sense for me to go i'm venom yeah um ah, there was something i was going to ask you oh so a brief detour. A friend of mine brought this up to me and I was curious. I, in solidarity with you all, I felt bad that I wasn't on the show when you guys watched Morbius. So I went to see it because I didn't want you guys to have to watch that shit show. And um, one of the things that somebody brought up to me, someone said that they were going to send Morbius to um, Xavier's school. Did you guys catch that reference? So, yes, I think I do remember something like that. Did you think of it as that? Because what they said was something like, hey, there's a like you took that thing apart. You put it together. This was made. There's a school for people. Yeah, it did. It did. uh, It did. My ears did perk up. But I don't know if I I don't think I connected me like, oh, it's definitely this because they didn't have the rights to it. So I was like, oh, so no. Okay. Um. I bet you, I bet you some writer was just like Teehee as they wrote it, but it can't mean that, but it's nice to imagine it can mean that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, oh, and just to put a button on that conversation we were having uh, about Sony and Pascal and Obama, Sony issued an apology over her remarks. She, she doesn't. I mean, she oh, works that's why with she him. Was fired. She was yes. promoted, right? But she still works for them. Yeah, kind of. So, she still does, technically, kind of. Yeah, she, she, she she's an outside. Uh, what, what would you call her? Like a contractor? She's basically a contractor. She's a 1099. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So the headline of the article that I'm I'm looking at says Sony says sorry to Obama over Django, twelve years of slave remarks amid leaked email storm. And so this is all about uh, her. And you said Rudden, Kyle? Was that the name of the executive you're talking about, Rudden? Uh, no. Uh, okay. uh, Vince Akara and Roth- Rothman, I think it, I think okay. it is. Rothman? Yeah, Tom, Tom Rothman. Those were the, right. uh, we, we have the Feige play, playbook. We know what we're, we're doing, guys. Oh, yeah. That was annoying. That was back when, uh, that was literally when I think he was, uh, we didn't know if Spider-Man was going to continue in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. So, 
Do you have any uh, other thoughts and feelings about Amy Pascal? Do you hate her more now? That's good. I'm what glad. What were we talking about? What was the What was the story? And I don't I forgot know. What the story we were talking about was. DC. Oh, so I took us on a tangent, and it was basically the idea that Sony thought that they could run. No, their, what was the story? Um, was it was the- about the DC overhaul. Okay. Well. Or do you have any thoughts about the story we were actually talking about? We're doing great here. No, no, I'm good. I think I think I've uh, I said my piece on that. Oh no! I remember everything I was talking about. It never goes over my head. I'm too fast. All right, go ahead and move on. Did I get lost again? Jesus, what is going on? Okay, it's all you. It's all me. All right. So, in another. bit of news we've got vin diesel announcing that brie larson has officially joined the family can anybody do a vin diesel impression the family oh, i can't i can't do it i just always imagine him i always say it like uh sylvester stallone family family just... family um so like in an rocks. instagram post <clears throat> last week days, he like, announced uh oh, you're not even you're just talking over me i was gonna never mind go ahead Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> um, so in an Instagram post, Vin Diesel posted, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this angel on my shoulder cracking me up. You say to yourself, that's Captain Marvel. Clearly, there is love and laughter in this image. What you don't see, however, is the character you will be introduced to and fasten. You have no idea how timeless and amazing she will be in a mythology beyond her beauty or intellect and her awesome thing you might not have expected but yearn for welcome to the family brie did you get that i got we got we got most of it she was uh, put out for a little bit but i think i think we're good oh, man this is real bad this is real bad i just love that i just love that you call it fasten and you can call it fast 10 well he put the word he put the word and the number together I know fast 10 fasten. I guess. All right. Anyways, I, I uh, liked it. Joe Jonesy. I'm, I'm with you on that fasten. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Well, anyways, fasten is, uh, I don't know. Like, sure. Like I like, I like when they throw in, you know, other extra people into the family. I'm interested to see what her role is. I like Brie Larson. Um, yeah. I think I think she has potential for good. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of her as Captain Marvel. Or I'm not a huge fan of Captain Marvel as written, but I do like Brie Larson, and I think she she be a lot of fun. And I'm just interested to see what they do with her. And hopefully, she doesn't have dreadlocks like uh, Charlie's Theron did. So just- let me ask you this: So we've got Jason Momoa. He's definitely a bad guy, probably the big bad um, in this film. Do you think Brie Larson is going to be a good guy or a bad gal? Well, here's my question. You can't ask did into Vin my question did, with did a Vin question. Diesel, well, yeah, I do. Well, it, it'll Fuck affect you. things. Did Did Vin Diesel ever say welcome to the family with Aquaman? I mean, with Jason Momoa. I don't remember. Because maybe it's a difference welcome to the family means that you could be a good guy versus not. Get you reading so deep into that, but you know what? I'm sorry. Did you just ask me to read into something and make a and make a distinction based on comments? That's what I was doing. Oh no, I was more asking you like, what do you want or do you think? Okay, okay, you know what? Fine, let's see. 
Now I'm going to have to look this up while so, we're doing this thing. I do not see a post from D- Diesel himself. The Fast the fast Saga f- official Twitter uh, did t- tweet out back on January 28th. Uh, the Fast fam keeps getting bigger. Welcome, Jason Momoa. Hashtag Fasten. Actually, F10, okay. but but yeah. <laughs> okay. So You know what? So unless it comes from Daddy Diesel, maybe it, it doesn't count. Yeah. If it doesn't come from Daddy Diesel, if, if he doesn't acknowledge it, if he doesn't acknowledge a child, it can't be a part of the family. So I say Brie Larson is a part of the family. She's going to be good. Maybe she could be, maybe she could be a new, new, uh, it's a new, a new racer. Have they, okay. Cause they don't, they haven't had a new female racer in God, how long since um, Fast five, six. No, 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 no. Uh, what's her face? Um, Who? Uh, who's the hacker? No, she doesn't count she's not a she's not a racer she's a hacker she's she literally said in the 10th movie this is not what i do this is Ninth not movie. why i'm here huh ninth movie you said in the 10th movie 10th movie's not out yet no sorry the ninth movie she said in the ninth movie that this is not my skill set i'm not here to drive cars and she so- drove the shit out of that garbage truck my point is that she's not a, I'm talking about actual race or someone who's just like, I'm born to, you know, race like that, except with a less male voice because, you know, it's Brie Larson. What I um, love is that you actually deepened your voice to say that and you're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want her to be a racer if some, in some capacity. I want her to be like all about cars because we literally haven't had anyone like that since I, I don't even think Gal Gadot was that much of a racer. If I recall correctly, oh, she she's was just Mossad. A, yeah. So I think Michelle Rodriguez has been the only actual racer. No, my- I, so I would disagree. That she, you said she was just there. So in four, yeah, she is a racer. So four, she-, she worked for uh, what's his face? She was a driver then. Then in definitely in five, she was a driver. Um, she was a driver, but she wasn't like a racer. Oh my god. No, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. I want somebody who was born and bred in the undergrounds and who is all about racing. That's what I we want. We are That's so far from That's the underground in this series. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. So, okay, here's my prediction then. I think she's going to be like Paul Walker's sister. Oh, okay. That's my guess. I can see that. She looks like she could be a Walker. Or That's a, so racist. Um, a Brian, what's his name? Brian. Hold on, let me remember this. Come on. I don't know his last name. What's his last name? Spilner. Oh, I never would have guessed that. That's okay. not his. That's not his. <laughs> that, was oh. his fake, that was his fake name from the first one. Oh, what was his name? Brian. Um. Brian. Oh God! Now I just messed myself up. Brian. So Brian Earl O'Connor. Spilner was his fake name. Brian O'Connor. She looks Brian like an O'Connor. O'Connor. I could see that. That's racist, Jammer. Mm, totally. You ready no to move on? Do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts? No, I'm. I, I'm. I'm here for it. I mean, I, I. I wasn't thrilled with the last movie, but why not? I'm already. I made it nine movies in. I was going to say you're nine up. movies deep at this point. <laughs> you might as well finish yeah. the last two. Yeah. Is is it the last two? Is it two again now instead of yes. one? Yeah. So eleven is uh, the final movie. I always remember that when the seventh movie came out. And then they, they announced eight, nine, and 10. And then Vin Diesel was just like, oh, I can't believe we're already approaching the end with this final trilogy. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> fuck off. Dude, come on. 
The uh, truth is though, you know, the funny thing is I'm going to have to sit down when this finishes. I cannot wait to sit down and figure out like, okay, over under which are better. The, the star Wars Skywalker trilogy or saga versus the fast and furious saga, which one did it better. I would rather watch four through nine any day of the week over, uh, over four through least. nine. Yeah. I'm not going to watch one through three. Oh, wait, wait, what are you talking about? You're talking about Star Wars? So you got to focus. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather watch okay. the Star Wars Yeah, be specific. Because, yeah, because I, I I, think those those fast movies are fun, but, like, they're not. You're on drugs. I will never just... watch the sequel trilogy again. All right. <laughs> Whatever. I'm out. I'm out. Because here's the thing. You you know me. You know me well enough. To I, I'll watch Indians. Fast 4, 5, and 6. No, maybe 5 and 6. You know me well enough to know that endings matter. And hey, listen, listen, listen to me. Hear the words coming out of my mouth. That ending nine is dog shit. And so I will never watch seven and eight. And then like, oh, right. Nine is what, how this ends. Endings matter, but they matter too fucking much for you. Enjoy things in retrospect. Come on. It's hard because all I think about is what comes next. Well, it's it's a personal problem. So. It is, but it's a personal problem a lot of people have. Yeah, they need to get, they should, that's why they should go to see therapists more often. <laughs> it's an undervalued profession. <gasps> disagree. Hard disagree. You ready to move on? Uh, wow. All right, Pickle Rick. So I, uh, let's just move on to review the movie. You want to talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. Let's, let's talk about some fantastic beasts. Let's talk about the mutilation. No, they're not. They're mediocre beasts. Let's talk about the mediocre beasts. Mediocre beasts. The mediocre beasts. Uh, So Fantastic Beasts currently sits at a 51% on the tomato meter from the critics and an 83% from the uh, audience, which is I find kind of fascinating. It also has a 47% on Metacritic. So the... Uh, synopsis for this film professor albus dumbledore knows the powerful dark wizard Geralt grindelwald is moving to seize control of the wizarding world unable to stop him alone he entrusts magizoologist newt's commander to lead an intrepid team of wizards and witches they soon encounter an array of, an array of old and new beasts as they clash with grindelwald's growing legion of followers what i've i stumbled because i have no idea what happened but Siri popped up and was like, "You want to talk to me?" And I was like, "I, I can't imagine what like, I read." No, I don't want to think. talk. To you. Yeah, what did I read that made you? And I'm looking at what I read. Like, I, I can't imagine what you heard that made me think I was calling you. Go away. Anyway, um, my Twitter review of this film is: I've never been more bored by an interesting story. Uh, I think there are elements mm. of this that could have been good uh, when you dig deeper into it. And so there's this John Mayer song, you know, somebody stopped this train. And as I sat there in a train, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, and I, the line is, I know I can't, but honestly, won't someone stop this train? Stop these fucking movies. All right. We're in film three out of five. Just stop. Just you can, you can stop right now. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that's me. Jammer, what do you think? What's, what's your Twitter review of this film? Um. I, I kind of fall in line-ish with what you said. I don't think I'm as passionate about stopping right now, but I do agree that 
it is a uh, it's an interesting story with lackluster execution and more than anything it made me just want it made me wish these were books instead of movies and mm. i could talk to that mostly because i feel like half of this movie and maybe even for the previous movie as well i didn't understand why people were doing th- doing things or what the plan was but i feel like there was a reason for everything it just wasn't communicated properly or it wasn't communicated effectively to me like uh there was a lot of moments where there was like a plan happening and i was like what's the plan i don't get it and then all of a sudden it's like wait why is this character doing that i don't why are they doing this and i just imagine you know knowing rolling and how she writes that if i was inside these characters heads and understanding the why behind mm. everything and not only the why but just get the emotion and feeling behind it this would be as you mentioned much better like uh, it's it, it's a good story but the execution is just sort of eh. And I think it all has to do with me not understanding where the characters are coming from, why yeah. they're feeling what they're feeling. And then just some other stuff, but almost felt like not as bad, but it almost felt like the rise of Skywalker to the last Jedi, Jesus Christ. where there were some parts that were reversed from the previous movie for almost like without much consequence and almost without any rhyme or reason to it. Um, so Overall, I would, I would, I'm not saying stop these movies, but like at the same time, I'm like, all right, well, we'll see how the next one does. Okay. Um, but, but I will say Jude Law was great as Dumbledore. I loved his take on Dumbledore. He was so good. I watched these when I was watching the trailers. I was like, these movies always should have been about him. I don't understand why Nuke Scamander exists as the lead character. Yeah. Um, I am just he's there's nothing interesting about him and as it was funny because he felt more and more sidelined in this movie than he had been um and i wish they would just fully uh do that because i don't i don't particularly care about him as a character um mm-hmm. and you could just and they didn't easily... do a good job of actual character building for it they, he didn't have another an arc at all and he, he hasn't had an arc in any of the movies to be perfectly honest he had like no. he had some off-screen arcs and I think it just has everything to do with J.K. Rowling, frankly, not knowing how to write movies. She yeah. knows how to write books very well. Um, I like the Cormoran Strike books quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, I'm a fan of the, uh, the you know, of course, the Harry Potter series. But I just feel like she's too internally focused for this medium. And I could tell she's trying. There are lots of moments both in all of the movies where they're trying to get things across visually, but they don't work for me. I don't get the information I feel like I need to get from them, but at least she's trying. At least they're trying. I just wish they did a better job. I mean, I guess when you say they're trying in a two and a half hour movie, I need more than trying. I need someone who's better. Um, And what's frustrating is I can see the talent in this movie. I can see how well it's shot. I can see how well it's acted. I can see the production value is really good. It is, it is just an incredibly bland film. And to your point about the writing, like that's her, that's her fault, which is again, weird based on all of the things that you said, right? Like this is the thing that she's good at. Um, Unfortunately, it's just not translating. Um, it's not, and I don't want to, yeah. And I don't want to shit on this movie too much because it's not, 
bad. It's just boring. And one of the things I was going to say, and the reason why I was surprised at your reaction is because one of the things you always talk about is the thing that you hate the most is being bored. I wanted to go to sleep while I was watching this movie. Um, and I was trying to imagine, I was like, okay, is Jammer like into this? Is he bored? Is he falling asleep? Um, and I was anticipating enjoying this conversation where you talked about how boring uh, the movie was. Um, <laughs> no, but- I wasn't bored. I was, I mean, I was, I was more bored than I wanted to be, but I was way more bored than something like Morbius. Mm, I guess. Um, like this one, I, I at least was intrigued. I'm like, what's happening? Hmm. I don't quite understand. Interesting. All right. I want to see yeah. what happens next. I guess the frustrating thing to me about that, and when I said an interesting story, they're all the things that you kind of, that they hint at, but never really delve into too much. So for instance, for me, one of the things I really liked about this movie that I wish they'd either expanded upon more, or one of the reasons why I wish Dumbledore was the main character, every conversation that they had about his sister or every interaction with uh, his brother, Albert fourth, or even if they expanded Credence's role. And again, it goes back to the idea like that should have been the core of these movies because that is an interesting story. Just the idea that these two brothers carry the guilt of maybe one or both of them killing their own sister. And now the person that was also in the room when this happened is running for quote unquote minister, prime minister, president of the wizarding world is I think a fascinating story, but it is such a, it's almost like a footnote or something that gets hinted at. And it's, it should be the A plot rather than the B plot. There's too much stuff happening and there's not enough emotional core focus. Well, I think that that should be the core story. Um, I, and the other thing that I think is weird about these films is that is a very adult story. And these films feel like they're geared towards Harry Potter fans who grew up reading these books. So one of the things I loved about the books was they were written for people who started with book one, got older as the books went on, and they were a quote, like either they were almost adults by the time the last book came out or in college and the books aged appropriately. These films feel like they're still for those people. That's that first demographic. And the story that's hinted at with Dumbledore and his brother and Grindelwald, like all of that stuff feels like an adult story. And I wish they just told it in that way. Um, I think that that would be a better story than what we got. Yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with you. Like, I think um, I've always been of the opinion that like, I didn't feel like we needed to, for example, focus on the original rise of Grindelwald and how that affected, you know, Ariana and all that. Like, I don't think that needed to be the focus, but I just think this needed to be better. And it just wasn't, it was (laughs) fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to actively watch it again. Probably. No. Um, But I mean, it it wasn't horrible. No, like it's. It it wasn't aggressively mediocre like Morbius was. Uh, (laughs) This was just, it had, like you said, it had the potential and it made me want more. And it made me wish that they just got a different screenwriter. I, it's frustrating to me 
because it has all the trappings of what could be a very good story. And it's set in this world that I really like. Yeah. And it's just toothless. Um, it's strange to me that they're, they're basically having a conversation. I mean, it's the same conversation that they had in the original Harry Potter series, but now they're adults and we're dealing with like literal Nazis. They're literally Nazis, right? They're in World War II Berlin. And like, you have no teeth as far as your story well, goes. Well, like, not World that War is, II. No, late, or late 20s, early 30s. No, 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 no. We jumped forward in time. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. Because they said it was a year between 1927, which is when no. his first movie. Yeah, it was, it was a year between when he met Newt. Uh, he, meaning Jacob, met Newt. And this movie. So only a year or so has passed mm. between one, two, and three. I feel like that can't be true, but I'm fine. I'm looking it up for free right now. Give me a second. It's yeah. set someplace before 1939. It's before, di- I mean, way before 1939. We didn't jump Dan Folger much. describes the 32. film as a setup. So the film, okay, so maybe this is incorrect because this says that Dan Fogler describes the film as a setup for World War II. Suggesting that the film is set before 1939. Well, it's set in th- it's set in thir- 30, 32, apparently. So that's weird. So none of the timelines match up, regardless. Because I know there was one scene literally where I think it was Layli. What's her name? Layla. 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 Probably honestly one of the one of my favorite characters in the movie. Probably honestly, what the the woman who was with Jacob most of the time. Um, she mentioned that he was, it was a year since he met Newt Okay. in the movie. So it would be 1928 or 1929 in theory, based uh, on their timeline. Cause I think the first one was in 27. Am I wrong? Yes. Um, not no, sure the crimes of Grindelwald took place in 27. Okay. So yeah, this would be 28 or 29. Then This is thir- 32. This is 32. They're wrong. They're all wrong. I'm, say, I'm saying right. this is this so. Is here's wrong. and here's the problem. 32. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I, I feel like either what they have said has been incorrect, or what they're displaying is deliberately um, evocative of that period in Berlin, right? Was, like. Yes. I'll 100% agree with that. Yes. And so I think that that is, that is very strange to me that you have this demagogue who is talking about the war between muggles and wizards and it like a substantial portion of it takes place in Berlin. Uh, The guy overseeing it is a German, like you have all the allusions to the thing. And it just sounds like somebody doesn't know history and they fucked up the years. That's how I read that. So, so Joe, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say you might be on to something about a, a jump in it, in it, because it looks like the beginning, uh, like the scenes in China are 32 and it looks like there is a jump to 37. I'm reading through, through a what? screen, screen rant article. Movie? Yes. When so there, was there, that? There's, there's something that takes place in China, right? With, with new. This movie. Wait, is there something that takes place in China? What takes place in yeah, China? Yeah, it's the know. very end. Okay, so that oh, right, that's right, right. technically thir- 32, 32, 1932 too. 
and then uh, reading th through this uh, timeline article on on Screen Rant came came out on the eighth. Uh, the first Fantastic Beast was twenty six. The second was twenty seven. The primary setting of this one is thirty seven. What? No. So listen, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just revel in my correctness for just a no, couple no, seconds. No, I don't think you're right. I think you're full of shit. I think you're Why? wrong. Why? Why? We just said he. We found like other sources that say like the movie itself said one thing. Kyle found an article that said another thing, and now there's another article that says another thing. I think they just don't know what the fuck. But is he happening said in so. Time. It so. Do you accept that 32 is the? I'm sorry, that 37 no. is correct. I, so I here's the thing. Anything. But I you know who Dan nothing. Fogler is, right? You know who Dan Fogler yes. is, right? Yeah, he's an actor. Okay, so to be clear, just for the listener, Dan Fogler is the person that plays Jacob in this. He don't know. He's shit. saying that no, this is no, a setup. Shit. But he's saying that this is a setup for World War II. Yeah. We still have two movies. No, no, no. But if it's correct that the film, that there's a portion of the film that takes place in 1937, World War II takes place in 1939. I don't, I don't know what else you want. Uh, what do you mean you want? I you want can, you can give me the East-West all you sense. want. You can give me the East-West all you want, buddy. You're wrong. Just wrong. Fucking travesty. <laughs> I'll, I'll say there is a, a lot of dates on on here, and it's re ridiculous to even have to have this conversation. <laughs> it should be more absolutely cut. right. You know, here's Kyle's right, up. and so I think that that is the biggest problem with this is that none of us fucking know. Do you want to hear? You want to hear the biggest problem with this? According to What's another up? screen article, oh, Dumbledore no. recruited Tom Riddle for Hogwarts in 1938. So if that's the case, we're to imagine within a year's time, he ages from Jude Law to Michael Gambone as we see him in movie six. So we've got an Xavier problem Riddle. here. Yeah. <laughs> so this so is we've got a McAvoy Stewart problem. problem. <laughs> the untold story of Fantastic Beasts. Oh, God. So here are the, here are the problem with prequels. Um... Yeah, this is a problem because like, it doesn't make sense no matter how you, which way you slice it. Like, was there a time skip within the movie that I don't know where that would have come I from? I totally missed that if that happened. Did, did 10 years pass between movies? In which case, what? Like, what's happening in this movie? <sighs> also, you, remember, you remember one of the big complaints about Batman v Superman was just like you had no idea like where you were in place and time. This is worse. If that is true this is worse that we somehow lost five years. And nobody knows where the fuck it could possibly have come from. Right. And did it take 10 years for the court to decide whether or not in 1927, he committed crimes against muggles. Oh my God. Because it, it makes no sense. Cause the whole story revolves around Kyle. Have you seen the movie? No, he's oh, not. Okay. Not the movie revolves around an election that he becomes a part of when he's, he's not found guilty of these, these crimes. So, unless this this took 10 years to happen and he's just been laying low living in his lair i don't i feel like i hate this movie now yeah i kind of hate it more too i, I don't <laughs> that's true i think i think at the end of it at the when i when i started this conversation i think i was at a c plus and now i think i'm lower than that i'm definitely at a c minus easy I don't want to be a C minus because I just don't want to rate this lower than Morbius. You gave Morbius a C? 
I think I gave it a D plus or C minus. I don't want to. It's way better than that. Is it though? Yeah, it is. It's better production values, but it's better acted. <sighs> way better production values. Way better writing. I'm sorry, but yes. Like, is it, I remember is it better writing? Yes. There you don't even know what year it took place. Where he said, yeah, there was a line in Morbius <laughs> where he said, echolocation or bat something for the uninitiated. I'm like, what? What are you but talking again, about? You literally lost five years in a movie. Is the writing better? Yes. <laughs> I like the giant scorpion thing. That was fun. Um, it was fun, but in retrospect, a completely superfluous and unnecessary scene. Because All of that was. Everything yeah. about, okay, so I'm sorry to be clear. We're in spoilers now. Yeah, Everything spoilers. about his brother being kidnapped and then have him having to get his yep. brother, even yep. the scene where they just let him be taken away. I'm like, what are you all doing? They could just murder him. You could excise that from the whole movie. No difference. No, you would shave some time off this two and a half fucking hour slog. Okay, no, no loss. You didn't lose anything in terms of story. Time is the only resource that you can't get back oh my god i need time i know um so i liked it i liked the design i thought it was fun you're right complete waste of time um i just ah, man i don't i don't know what else to say about this movie um well i do say like i i do I, like i'll go back to jude law and dumbledore i really loved him i loved uh the very end, it was a very somber ending where he sits outside of Jacob's wedding, isn't a part of Jacob's wedding. Just kind Do you of think he was invited. I don't know. But he was kind of looking on and uh just walking off by himself. And I think it really just highlights how lonely of a human being he ultimately is. He's like an all-powerful wizard, one of the most powerful in the world. He and pure of heart, apparently. It's apparently pure of heart, which, you know, I guess we could agree with, but like, he's just, he always, he's a mastermind. He's like a chess player of in, in, in the highest order magnitude. But at the end of the day, he's all alone. And they really highlighted that to me with his facial expressions. Very. And I thought it was a very beautiful final few shots. And I was just but like, this is heartbreaking for me. That just makes me like the movie less because again, it highlights that he should just be the main character. Okay, that's fair. Right? Like, and it, it's also strange to me that no one invited him to either the wedding. I kind of, I kept expecting someone to be like, hey, Albus, come have a drink. Like, something. I don't know how I feel about that. For everyone to think, okay, I'm of two minds about it. There is an aspect of it that I understand because when they found out that he had a brother, a bunch of characters like he has a brother. So it says to me that he keeps enough distance between himself and those characters that they just don't know him. Mm -hmm. But that also doesn't jive with what we've seen, at least of his interactions with Jacob. Like Jacob seems like Jacob seems like he is sufficiently close to him where he would be like, why don't you come? I'm to my wedding, right? Like Queen is. I could also see him being like, "No, that's okay. You don't need. I don't need to come to your wedding. I need to see that. I know. I, I need, okay, I need an fair. explanation. That's fair. That's fair. Because um, I can see. It. I would he need a, everyone a because. Wedding. Sure, but I, I think that because Queenie is from that world, 
because he should know or understand, and this is from Jacob's perspective, he should know or understand what a big deal this guy is. It just seems to make sense to me that given the scenes that they had together where he's like, you know, you're lucky, your heart is full, you're all this other stuff, um, that he would at least say, come on. And maybe you're right. Maybe that happened. And he's just like, no, I'm good. I need an explanation. It's weird. Usually I'm okay. I need something. Okay. I agree. I want to continue this conversation, but I really have to pee. I don't know how this works for the stream, Kyle, but I got to, I'll be right back. Is that a pun? I guess. I guess. Is that a pun? I have to pee. How does this work for the stream? That's, that's good. I, I like that. (laughs) As long as he doesn't cross them, right? It, that would that would be cha- challenging by himself. <laughs> oh man, oh. it's been a, oh. an interesting show, show, Jonesy. Jesus, man, this has been technical, rough. rough. I have no idea what's happening. It's all it's all right. It's the end of the world, don't you know? Apparently, which reminds me, there's this one more thing I want to bring up to to say how much this doesn't make any sense. There's a charm that I feel like they introduced. Did you see the first two movies? Yeah. He did not have a charm on his hand that prevented him from going against Grindelwald, right? Not that I recall. Okay. This thing is introduced three movies in and you're like, oh, this is the reason why you couldn't move against him. And it's like the, uh, the, the promise, um, mm-hmm. the swearing. It's like the same kind of device. And it's very strange to me. They should. They should have. This. This should have been a trilogy about uh, what led to the the big duel. Like that should have been the third third movie, the big fight fight at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, I'll get out of here. I guess my my problem with that is just that it's the expected story, and it's just like we'll come in with all of our preconceived notions of what needs to happen in order to fill in those gaps. It'll be Han Solo all over again. Your favorite movie, Kyle. No, fuck that movie. Yeah, I know that's that's the point. Paint that's by numbers point. bullshit. Uh, awful. Well, you said Kyle. I was co-signing Kyle's disdain of that movie. Fuck that movie. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about, Jammer, and it kind of it again goes to the idea of like, what the fuck is this movie even? The charm that got introduced like three movies in that explains like, oh, this is the reason why you couldn't move against him. It's because you've had this charm that we haven't seen for you know, here to four, two movies now introduced in the third movie. Like what? And so for the listeners who haven't seen. What's your confusion? It just seems to come out of nowhere. Like there was no hint. There was no, I don't recall this from the first two movies. Do you? I mean, I saw them. I saw the first second once. So no. But I think that you would recall like a thing that physically stopped him. I think he mentioned in the second one that he can't move against Grindelwald. But we didn't know why. Now we do. I don't hold that against the movie, Jonesy. That's like the one thing I will hold against the movie. It's literally on his hand, though. Not all it's the not. time. It's not like it's plastered to his hand. He just held it at his hand. He caressed it when he thought about it all the time. That's what it was. It, it wasn't always present. That's like you saying, how do we not notice that you had a ring on your hand? It's like, well, sometimes I take it off and I just don't wear it. You know, that's it's like, whatever, it's fine. If the ring was like choking you and stop you from talking, that would that would be a little bit more obvious, right? It depends on where it is. Depends on where he puts it. It's not it's not tied to his hand. 
I can't. It's not tied to his hand, Jonesy. I'm sorry. It's not. That is one. I will not. I will not go down on that. I will not die on that hill with you. I'm glad you're not going to go down on it. Yeah, you're alone. (laughs) (laughs) So proud of yourself. Look at that smug ass face. Do you have anything else to say about this film? Um, you know, I didn't, while discussing it, there's a lot to pick apart, but I didn't dislike it as much as you seem to have. Um, I thought it was, like I said, it had its positive points. It had, it had strong ideas that I just don't think were executed well. Like I said, I was confused through a chunk of it where I didn't quite understand like, wait, so why were they doing this? Why was, why was Jacob, why did that one girl decided to control Jacob and make him look like he was a wizard for a moment. I, I didn't quite understand the motivations. And I think it literally all, if it was in a different medium, could have come across way better. And I was just, I was thinking to myself, this just makes me want to have, have her retell this story in book form so that I could really get into the heads of all the characters and understand the why behind it all. Um. So I think talking about it is what is making me like it less. I walked out Same. very meh and reflecting on it. I'm just like, I don't, what the fuck? I'm not, I did, I'm, not as, I'm not as offended by this movie as you are. Yeah. You're, I just, you're, pretty, you're taking this personally. I could feel it. W- during the course of this discussion, we literally, we discovered that five years just fucking vanished somewhere. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I feel I think, like. You say five years. I think maybe closer to eight okay yeah and and that's yeah that's the problem it is a we don't problem. know if it's five years we don't know if it's eight years we don't know if it's world war ii we don't know i agree i agree so yeah i um i feel like that matters and it does it, it, it seems like a story that was geared towards us and our age demographic that just it didn't have the teeth that it needed and i just wish the dumbledore was more the center of these stories because i think that jude law as we've brought up obi-wan a couple of times like he's the obi-wan of this series for me he is the one that like his his back should hurt and i would it shouldn't hurt i was gonna say carrying this series on his back but he's not even doing that because it's not good but he is the one shining i mean neither was neither was the prequel trilogy so um no don't even, don't, don't. I wasn't going to, no, 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 I wasn't going to say that. I think that there are good elements in it, but I think that there are, there are other examples in medium where you can say like the thing that is drawing me to this is this one person, but he's not even doing that because the rest of it is just not good enough for that. Well, that's what I'm saying um, is, is the prequel trilogy sucks. So you can't say he carried the prequel trilogy on his back if the prequel trilogy just sucks. <laughs> By your logic. I was going to try to say like Dumbledore is the one good thing about it, or at least my favorite thing about it. That's fair. I agree. I think he's my favorite thing too. Um, and the carrying on the back is the separate thought, but I don't even think that that's accurate because I no, no. So yeah, no talking about this makes me like it less. And so where I think I walked out, like this is a C plus, it's definitely a C minus now. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take a C. Uh, I'll put it at a C. It, it is. It has some. It has some uh, above average aspects and some aggressively below average aspects that I'll just let's say level out at a C. I'm laughing because the only reason that you're doing this because yeah. Of <laughs> that's sad no i don't think but, i would definitely not give this a d plus or sure. even no i don't think i would give it a c minus because mm. it's better than that okay okay quibbles aside timeline quibbles aside actual when... problems aside okay <laughs> anything else to say about this film or any of the other stories or technical glitches or uh i don't think did... uh i don't think the series is going anywhere i was thinking about this as i was watching it i was like if this movie flops do they stop and i think it's... no matter what no because they have to keep the brand alive in order to keep on selling the product so i think no matter what happens we're gonna see five movies you know what doesn't make any sense to me about this movie or these movies generally, there is not a lot of competition in this space. There is not a bunch of movies out there. So it's not a superhero film, right? Yeah. There are lots of superhero films put out by lots of different studios. There is not a lot of competition in the magical or wizarding space. It's very strange to me that they just can't get their shit together to capitalism, baby. They need competition. Competition inspires. I guess. It's just fascinating to me that they're this aggressively mediocre. No, calm down. Don't be don't be using my terminology that I used to describe Morbius on, on this. You don't think that this is mediocre? You gave it a C. C is like the definition of mediocre. But I wouldn't call it aggressively mediocre. I gave it a C minus, so it is aggressively mediocre. I'm saying I wouldn't call it aggressively mediocre. I didn't say you did. Okay. All right. Anyway, I have nothing right. more to say. Nothing more to say. All right. Wait, wait. Yeah, yes, yes. I do. Yes, sure? I do. Why? What do um, the one, the other things I didn't like about the movie. <laughs> We're edging closer uh, to that C minus, folks. <laughs> Queenie turned for no reason and turned back for no reason. That's right. There was no reason for her to turn without consequence. In the previous movie, she turned to Grindelwald. In this movie, she turned back with almost no conflict. Same thing happened with Credence. He was almost not in the movie and he turned with almost little, with pretty much no real conflict other than one fight, one-sided fight. That's right. And then he, and he didn't die. And I don't understand why he was supposed to maybe be dying. That wasn't because he's an obscurus. Oh, okay. But I don't recall, and this is probably my fault for not remembering the movies well enough. What caused him to be an obscurus? So just for folks who are not steeped it's, in it's the for lore. people who were who can't show their powers. So he grew up in a muggle, aggressively muggle. We're using aggressive a lot in this. Oh, this okay. So that was uh, the a very so, Puritan type thing where he had to keep it in. Okay. Um, because with Dumbledore's sister, it was actually being attacked that caused her to be an obscurus. Mm. As opposed to that's interesting. Um the Credence was again, part of that, like that Puritan group, that Puritan cult, like area yeah. where it's like it was completely against any idea of witches. I think I kind of understand 
where Credence came from because it was the combination of the fight with Dumbledore plus the fact that he was dying. Now, I don't know why he didn't die. And it would seem to make sense that he would because I don't know that there's anything that can stop that, right? Is there? We don't know. I guess it's good as mine. Okay, that, now I have nothing to say. Now I'm done. All right. Okay. So yeah, anyway, I agree with you about Queenie as well as Credence, but it, I can kind of see where Credence comes from more than Queenie. That just mm-hmm. seems to come out of nowhere. But, but that's why I gave the movie a C-. Also, why did Jacob matter so much? <laughs> <laughs> edging, edging ever closer to that C minus. Why did so? Yeah, you tell me. You tell me. I don't know. Since you like, why does this. he seem like? Oh yeah, we need you to be here to do this thing. Why him? There are millions. I of think that he is. The, I think because the idea is. So this is stupid, and it doesn't really make any sense given what we've seen the the chillin be able to do. But maybe it's the idea that he is a muggle and is therefore less predictable. He's the wild card. But he didn't do anything wild card-ish. Listen. (laughs) I'm trying to help you explain the shit movie. I I don't know. I don't know what the actual answer is. The chillins were really cute, though. Whatever. You just like Pokemon. They reminded me of my dog. I wanted one really bad. And uh, I guess I have my dog, so that's good. No, but... um, the, the fact that they killed like two chillins over the space of you know like 10 minutes or five minutes at the beginning very upsetting yeah. opening did not like that why because it was sad i don't want to like really cute animals get killed get slaughtered it's never fun it's never a fun time sounds like she should give this movie a c minus so here's the deal here's i give deal. this movie a b minus here's the deal just to spite you just here's to deal. spite you I'm going to give you three seconds. Last fucking call. Okay. Because <laughs> every time I say we're done, you're like, yep, all done. One more thing. You're like Steve Jobs over there. I'm done. You're like the Steve Jobs of reviewing movies. One more. You done? You sure? Done. I'm done. All right. Dear listeners, if you like what you heard, and, and why wouldn't you? Do all the socials, like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We definitely appreciate it. Also, LRM Online has other great programs for your listening pleasure. You can find those LRMs. Um, you can find those programs on LRMOnline.com as well as the Genreverse Podcast Network. Jammer, where can you be found as opposed to my like terrible closings? You can find me on Twitter at JamTheWriter and all of my books under the name AJ Cerna on Amazon and Audible. And check out my Patreon. AJ Serna, because uh, I just released a pre-edited draft of my new book. So you can get it there if you are a Patreon subscriber. So do that. That's right. You know, spend some of the Brandon Sanderson dollars on Jammer over there. Except that's Kickstarter, can... not Patreon. So, But it's the same idea, right? I know. I know. I'm just a, I'm just a picky bitch. So let's not. Let's, let's Apparently go. not with your fucking B minus over there. <laughs> and you can find me tweeting at Sir Jones Deus and Instagramming as well as Sir Jones Deus. And of course, right here, folks, as always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. Mission accomplished.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.